0: Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. Hey, welcome, everybody. We are so excited that you're here with us this morning. Uh, Thank you for having us in your home. Uh, We're still doing church at home, and we'll continue to do that as we need to. And then, obviously, once we get back together again, we know there's going to be a lot of people still doing church at home. But we just want you to know that we love you. We're praying for you. And it's important to be connected to a group of believers, a community of believers, uh, people that you can um, engage with regularly. You can find prayer. You can find encouragement. You can find the word, some time in uh, worship. And those things are so important for you and I. Just every day of our life, not just because of the season that we're in, but every single day. And so we're hoping and believing and praying that you're finding those times, uh, not just here on a Sunday morning, but you're finding those times throughout the week to get on with our social media, get on the Tree Life app, get on the website, uh, follow us through all the things that are available to you. Words of encouragement every Monday through Saturday, 8, 1230, 8 p.m., and uh, then opportunities for uh, the online or church at home experience. And then don't, be, don't just keep it to yourself. Don't let it be like your best kept secret make sure that you forward those links to everybody. You know, this week, uh, there's just a lot of stuff bouncing around. I've seen some really funny stuff and I I've, I've forwarded some things. And when I was doing it just for a laugh with other people, I thought, why don't I do more of forwarding the church links or the encouraging, inspiring things? So we all know how to do it. We, have, we forward a lot of things. Uh, how great would it be for us to forward some uh, spiritual encouragement, build some hope through that? So I just, I want to give you uh, just uh, maybe some extra motivation to be somebody that goes on and just forwards the links to people. Um, I just want to give a shout out to the worship team, uh, especially just, I I love that song, what a wonderful name it is. And I just want to encourage you, just hold on to the name of Jesus. Uh, Sometimes you don't know what to pray or say. And then just Pastor Dave said earlier, just out of your mouth, just the name of Jesus really does change the atmosphere. It changes you, and therefore you're able to change your perspective and the things around about you. Um, I'm ready for the word today, but let me just update you on a few things. You can always go to uh, our app. You can always go to our website to find out what's happening. Uh, Tree TV went through some things. I don't want to go through all of them, but let me just give you a couple highlights. Uh, first of all, I want to give a big shout out to everybody. This week was a, was a great week for help and serving and assistance uh, to be a part of a, being a tree alive to a lost and hurting world. We had opportunity this week, midweek, to give uh, meals to our local hospital and just be a blessing to those that are working there, our um, healthcare workers or those in the hospital that, that are working on so many things, especially during a really stressful time. And so we honor them. And so once a week for the next several weeks, we're going to deliver a meal and just to be a blessing to them. So your generosity enables us to do that. And then, of course, on Thursday was the mega, mega, mega. Every I can't say mega just one time. I don't know why. But the Mega Food Distribution, uh, partnering with the San Antonio New Braunfels Food Bank, and then as well with the Westside Community Center Family Life Center. And I'm telling you, it was amazing to see so many people come to serve. Uh, We took all the precautions that were necessary, social distance, face masks, hand hand washing, everything that we need to do to keep everybody safe. And we're still um, able to have so many people come out and serve and then be able to share the resources with almost 800 families. It was amazing to see um, everybody working together to make it happen. Um, what, I, what I just want to point out to you is um, it's so important for at times like these, for you and I to help people feel like they're not forgotten, uh, help people feel like they're, they're not going unnoticed, their needs aren't going unnoticed, and there's people that do care about them and love them. We can do that in a number of ways. I know not everybody can come out and serve in that capacity or should, especially the most vulnerable, but everybody can pray and everybody can give in some way, shape or form perhaps to make it happen for people in need. Um, I want to give a big... Uh just shout out to the first responders and firemen and policemen that were all here. Um, the city workers that were here helping, you know, what was really cool to me. It was so many different groups of people came together. It wasn't one organization. It wasn't a church only. It was so many different groups of people coming together to help someone else in need. And that's our hope. Uh, God is our hope and then people coming together to help their fellow man uh, especially in a time that seems to be so divided under, on, on so many topics that what's uniting us is the need for our, the needs of our fellow man and so I just want to appreciate again everybody that made that possible and then um, just letting you guys know that we're um, engaged with our sister church Audible de Vida in Mexico especially and our missions around the world um, just aware of how it's impacting we're aware of how this is impacting uh, our sister church um, It the church in itself, uh, the congregants there, and plus their outreaches within their community, and we're stepping up our help as much as we can. As generous as you are, we can be generous then with Audible and helping their congregation, their needs, their community. Uh, we're working with them with an orphanage, Casa Emanuel, uh, that's 26 kids, and then two teen rehab centers that house a total of 36 kids. And so, uh, Your generosity enables us to do that. They're privately funded, so in times like these, the little monies come in and there's no government assistance uh, for the orphanage and the rehab center. So we were able to do uh, more. We are able to be a part of helping them have the things that they need. So uh, a lot of things happening. You can always give during our tithes and offerings. And I wanna encourage you in this. The Bible says in Proverbs 11, 25, the generous will prosper. And those who refresh others will be refreshed. Just be encouraged in that. You know, um, The the blessings come when you're a blessing. And the generosity that you show, God rewards with prosperity, with blessing in your life. It doesn't matter the amount. It's just generosity, your heart doing it. And then also the the word says that when you refresh others, you'll be refreshed. And and I don't know, I find times throughout my day, throughout my week, watching the news or, or seeing what's happening that I need some refreshing. Can I... Can I just say, according to the word, when you're at a place that you need some refreshing, refresh somebody else, and God will make sure that you are refreshed according to his word. I wanna encourage you in that. You can go online, uh, you can give when it's time to give, um, and you can designate funds for the COVID-19 disaster relief, and all those money specifically go to help us do the things that we just mentioned. Um, During this time, the needs have just increased exponentially, and so uh, we're gonna do our part to be a blessing, and so if you'll join with us, um, partner with us, you can go online, find that drop-down menu. Uh, Stay steady in your tithes. in your offerings, you can go and give towards the COVID-19 relief. And we will do the best we can to get it where it makes the, the biggest difference in the hearts and lives of people. And it reflects the life, love and power of Jesus. I just want to encourage you and thank you at the same time. All right. There's a lot to talk about. A lot going on for sure. I'm ready for the word. Uh, You know, last weekend was Easter weekend. So thanks everybody for joining us for Resurrection Sunday. I want to thank everybody for coming back. All of you that are here uh, joining us again. uh, Just maybe last week was your first time. Maybe you've been checking it out. Maybe a a tree of life. Thanks for getting up, turning on your TV, computer, phone, your app, whatever it is, and taking the time to get ready and sit to receive a word from the Lord. Um, I believe God's where you are. Um, he's not in a building and certainly he's not relegated. His power and presence is never uh, intended to be at a building as it never it was to be in a tomb. It was to come out and to engage and enlighten and, and fill his people up with his life and power. And so wherever you are, he is with you. And I just want to encourage you, you're not just a spectator on the other side of a screen. You are a participator in the life, love and power of God at this moment. And he is with you. I just want to encourage you, Encourage you in that as we get started. Uh, Resurrection Sunday was a great time, and so I just want to jump off of something that was read in one of the scriptures. I'm getting kicking off a series. Um, it's entitled "I'll Meet You There," and it's God's intent for you and I. You know, God always intended to have face-to-face encounters with you and I. He always intended to be a part of our daily lives. He never intended just to be and just to engage you on a Sunday or, or a midweek service or um, those moments where there's a meeting or an event. Uh, God's in every day, every time, all the time. God. Um, You make the difference when you're going to meet with him, when you're going to engage him. And there's a part that you play in that. I mean, a lot of times we might say, okay, God, I'm here. Where are you? Well, he'll never leave you or forsake you if you've given your heart and life to him. And then um, he's always waiting, not only for uh, you to give your heart to him, if you will, but for you to open the door for him to come and be a part of your life. Not just your savior, but your Lord. And I think it's important for us to remember, especially during these times, um, we're par- probably more apt to call upon him in a time of a crisis, but he, needs, he wants to be there in the good times and the bad times, the bad times and the good times. And so uh, I want to encourage you today. Let's kind of walk this out the next several weeks, see what that looks like, finding times, places to meet with him. And titled by message today, I'm on my way. And, and let me go back to last week real quick and take a look at one of the scriptures that uh, we read over the time of, we're talking about the resurrection, actually right before the crucifixion and then right after the resurrection, this statement is made. And Jesus himself tells his disciples, he goes, he says this in Matthew twenty Let's take a look. Matthew twenty six 32, uh, 232, uh, I'm sorry, Matthew twenty six thirty two. New living translation. Here's what he says. But after I have raised, this is Jesus talking to his disciples, but after I've been raised from the dead, I will go ahead of you to Galilee and meet you there. A couple of things stand out to me in that number 1 again he's reminding them that um he is going to the grave but then he's rising up from that in his resurrection power and they seem to forgot that as they're walking out soon to be the crucifixion so he's reminding them what's going to happen afterwards and he says I'm going ahead to Galilee to meet you there as if to get, as if to give them instruction that you know when when we walk through this the crucifixion's going to happen when I come up out of that grave I'm going to see you in Galilee we're going to keep doing what we're doing we're not stopping. I want to meet with you. I want us to still be on mission. I have a plan and purpose for your life and, and, and the, the events of the day do not change what I have. And let me say this today, the events of, that were happening right now do not change the plan and purpose of God for humanity. It does not change the plan and purpose of God for you or your family. Now, the things that you're walking through and the things how you're managing it might look a little different and probably will and should during different times and season, but God still has a plan and purpose for your life. He has a plan and purpose for this church. Now, we can't meet together, but guess what? We're still having service. We're still reaching people. We're still serving people. We're still loving God, loving people and making a difference. It just looks a little different. So we're still on mission with God. So he has something for you, for us. And so he tells them before he goes to the cross and then the tomb, he goes, Hey, when I come back again, I'm going to meet you in Galilee. I'm going to go ahead. And then I didn't get put these in your notes, but in Matthew 28, 7, when the the ladies came to the tomb um, in that morning and it was empty, they found that the stone had been rolled away. There was an angel sitting on the stone and they were looking and they were afraid and the angel said, hey, don't be afraid that he's not here or whom you seek is not here. And he says this, he says, he reminds them that he's going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Remember what I've told you. Don't forget and, it, and not only do we have Jesus telling his disciples before the crucifixion and then the resurrection, here's an angel as, the, as they come to the tomb that morning telling them, oh, hey, remember when he said that after the resurrection, he's gonna meet you in Galilee? He's already there. And so that's where you need to go to find him. And I just wanna say this morning in and, and jumping into the series, I'll meet you there. He's already ahead of you in your tomorrows. He's with you in your todays. He's ahead of you in your tomorrows. And so we keep moving forward. We keep living life forward. He hasn't changed his plan and purpose for you because the circumstances have changed. You might have to navigate him a little differently, but you have to find him. You have to connect with him. You have to meet with him. And I love it how it's set up that way there in the resurrection story. Before he's crucified and then after the fact, he's telling him, I'm still meeting with you. We're still gonna connect. I wanna be with you. We still have work to do. And I want to say this morning, God wants to meet with you, but he wants to meet with you face to face. Here's what I like about where we're at today. It's not just about meeting with him on a Sunday morning experience in a building, in a church. It's meeting with him in your home. And, and if you'll jo- just help me look at it this way for a second. So we came from the big meetings, if you will, the big gatherings. Now you're meeting with God. You can meet with God. We'll get back together again when we can. And those big gatherings, now you're experiencing meeting with God in your home's And then I think we need to take it a step further. You need to experience God by yourself. You need to find those times where you're connecting with him. It doesn't have to be relegated to a Sunday service with a group of people in a building. It doesn't have to be relegated to in your home with your family, but maybe you're by yourself this morning. But listen, he wants to go even beyond that. He doesn't want to be just service-oriented or meeting-oriented. He wants a face-to-face connection relationship with you. And I just want to reiterate that this morning. I believe in order to have an encounter with God, there's things that we have to do. Because honestly, we'd all say, well, that's what I want. I want to meet with God. I'm open to that. Here I am, God. You know where I'm at. You know everything. Here I am, God. I'm ready for you. I'm waiting for you. But notice this, that God will engage with us sometimes like that. But more times than not, he wants you to take some steps towards him. He wants you to put some effort into it. He wants you to move forward. Um, I believe in order to have an encounter with God that you have an active part to play. I believe that it goes beyond a service. It goes beyond an online moment. I believe that he wants to have a face-to-face experience with you. And there'll be challenges and obstacles to keep you from that. There'll be roadblocks along the way. And so when I'm looking at this series, I'll meet you there, wherever he is, wherever he's going, we need to go. And in today's message, I'm, I'm on my way. And as we're on our way, there's gonna be roadblocks and obstacles. There are things that, that we, we're, we're gonna press in to do and then the enemy's gonna oppose because he doesn't want us meeting and connecting like that. But know that we play a role in, in, in having an encounter with God. And so let's look at an Old Testament character. I love the Old Testament. Um, the character's name is Jacob. He's the grandson of Abraham. Let me give you a little background. Uh, Jacob's the grandson of Abraham. He is actually the second born twin. His twin brother Esau came out literally probably seconds earlier. In fact, when you read the scripture about their birth, the Bible says Esau came out and Jacob had his hand on his ankle or his heel, like trying to pull him back in. And it even talks about there was a, there'd been like a wrestling or a, a jostling in their mother's uh, stomach. And it was to me like Jacob's really, he's trying to be first. And we'll see this in the scripture. It's like, even in the womb, and Jacob was competing with his brother Esau, trying to be first. Esau, I could see Esau kind of blocking out the birth canal, right? No, I'm getting out there first. You're not getting in there. And then he's just grabbing on. The Bible says he had a hold of his heel as he was coming out. And then just a funny note there, and we'll actually, we'll pick it up. It'll be important later on. But the Bible says that Esau was just covered in hair, like he was wearing a hairy cloak. And I'm just, it's so funny, the details, the Bible says that when Esau was born, he was red and hairy as if wearing a cloak. And I thought, I wonder what the purpose or meaning of that is, but there is some later on. And so he was right on, actually right on his heels. Maybe that's where that, maybe that's where that saying comes. I'll be right on your heels. Esau was hanging on. But here's what, what, what that kind of speaks to me is, um, Jacob was always struggling, always struggling to get out there first, always struggling to be maybe noticed or known. He wanted to be the first his, his life, even coming out of the womb began with a, with a struggle. If you will, it began with uh, this wrestling and his whole life was pretty much marked by that. And I just want to say this morning, I want to ask you this question. How many of our lives of our lives are currently marked by a wrestling with something. There's a wrestling going on in us. We're striving for something. We're trying to achieve or accomplish something. There's an unsettling in us. There's a wrestling. And maybe it's right now. Maybe it's in your finances. Maybe you're wrestling with your finances. Maybe, maybe it's in your relationships. Maybe it's in your marriage. And Maybe it's because you've been quarantined for too long with your family. Uh, I don't know. Maybe some tension has been created because of that. Uh, maybe you're wrestling with your emotions, uh, the fear of everything happening. Uh, maybe it's your identity and, and just kind of, kind of lost yourself a little bit. Maybe you're wrestling with your future, the unknown, the uncertainty. Maybe you're wrestling with your past, which a lot of us do in in life. Um, I want to encourage you. God wants to meet you. He wants to have an encounter with you and he wants to settle some things in you. And so let's take a look at this passage of scripture, Genesis 32 verses 22 through 30. Let's start right there. And it says this, that night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two female servants and his 11 sons. <laughs> Think about that. Maybe he's really wrestling with some things right now because of that. I was thinking about that reading this and studying for today. In today's world, he couldn't even be quarantined with his whole family. I mean, he's got 11 sons, two wives, two female servants. There's probably a lot of really intense fellowship going on. It says he had all of them, and they were crossing the ford of the Jabbok, the river right there, Jabbok. After he had sent them across, now listen what he said. After he had sent them across, he sent his two wives, his two female servants, and his 11 sons across and all his possessions. And the next verse, 24 says, so Jacob was left alone. Do you think maybe he wanted a little bit of alone time? Hey, don't worry, I'll be over there soon. You guys go on ahead. So he was left alone and a man wrestled with him at daybreak. Let's talk about that for a second. I think it's important to notice that, there, that he had a time to be alone. And in that time, some things happened significantly in that time that he was alone, but Jacob was left alone. And I want to encourage you, maybe you feel that way. Maybe you feel in the middle of all this too, that you're isolated. You have those moments you feel alone. Can I tell you, those are the times God wants to meet with you. I mean, you you have those times of uh, isolation or maybe it was intentional, unintentional and you find yourself alone. I think those are times to really press in, lean into God. And I think it was intentional too, and all joking aside, not just from such a break, but I think uh, Jacob's been overwhelmed. He's been wrestling with life, and now here's a big change coming, and he sends his family over, and I think what he's doing is he's getting back to that face-to-face encounter with God, that he knows more than anything right now in his life, what he needs is some alone time with God. And Can I just tell you, what we need every single day of our life is alone time with God. We need a face-to-face encounter. We need to work things out, do things, um, adjust our schedule, whatever that looks like to make sure that we have some alone time with God. And maybe you find it because you're desperate. So you've gotten there alone. Maybe you've given up. And I just want to say to you, God cherishes, looks forward to those alone times with you. And it says in that scripture, we saw this says a man wrestled and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. Now, when you see that word man there in the scripture, what it's really referring to is we'll know it more as an angel. Um, you know, I think and scholars believe, and I believe too, it was Jesus, the son of God, had came and appeared on the earth at that time, which was not uncommon. There are several instances in the Old Testament Uh, where where, uh, we believe the son of God came and appeared as an angel. And, And one of the most obvious stories is when the three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, were thrown into the fiery furnace and the king looked in there and said, and there's a fourth man in the fire and he looks like the son of God. Well, these are one of those moments and so whether it be Jesus, whether it be an angel, that's what it's referring to when it says man. It says a man came and wrestled with him or he, they wrestled together for a time. It says, so till daybreak, verse 25, let's go back to the story. It says, when the man saw that he could not overpower him, now understand this, when the man saw that he could not overpower him, Jacob was holding on. He was wrestling so hard. He was not willing to let go that it got to the point that he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man it was was obvious then to the angel or to Jesus or to God saying that you know he's not going to let go he is so intent on holding on to me that I have to go a little bit beyond now and break free from this and so um he did and then he was able to break free from the grip of Jacob so Jacob was wrestling so hard not to let go And so the uh, man looked at him and said, let me go for it is daybreak as if to say, we've been doing this long enough. Let me just say it this way. I've been with you long enough. I've been here long enough. I got other people to help. I got other things I need to accomplish. I got other places I need to go. Maybe I need to go back to heaven. And I love what Jacob responded. He said, Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And you know what? Honestly, that's my prayer for all of you. That's our prayer. And that should be a prayer. We're praying that you will not let God go until he blesses you. In this time, hold on to him and don't let him go till you walk in the blessing of God. Don't be content to just let life happen and whatever's happening in life to rule over you or to control you. Hold on to God like never before. Wrestle, if you will, with him. Hold on and you just pray that prayer and you say, I'm not letting go of you, God, until there's a blessing in my life. I'm not, let me say it this way. I'm not going another day without you. I'm not carrying this with me another day. I'm not walking in this fear one more day. I'm not carrying this weight or this anxiety. I'm not, these failings are my sin. I'm not gonna be like this tomorrow. I'm not gonna be like this. I'm not going another year like this. I'm not going another month. I'm not coming out of this season still carrying what I'm carrying right now. I'm not gonna be like this. My life's not gonna be, my marriage is not gonna be, my family's not gonna be. My, my finances are not gonna be this way. I am holding on to you. See, we need to meet with God and allow him to do a work inside of us. And we need to say, "I'm not letting go till you bless me. I'm not letting go till I get an answer, God. I'm not letting go until He blesses my marriage." And we need to be that. I'm not letting go till He blesses my marriage. I'm not letting go till He blesses my kids. I'm not letting go till He blesses my teenagers or my adult kids. I'm not letting go till He blesses our life, our home. It needs to be our attitude. I don't care what's happened in my past. I don't care what's happening in my present. I am not letting go. I don't care about what's happening with the coronavirus. I'm going to do all the things I need to do, the job market, everything. I, I, I'm not letting go of God. I don't have any other hope than God. I'm not letting go. Let me say it this way in context of a message. I'm on my way and I'm not going to let anything get in my way until I meet him there. I'm on my way there and I'm going to meet him there. I may not be there yet, but I'm going to keep going until I meet him there. Now, listen, this is the attitude we need to have to connect with God because we need to settle the wrestling inside of us on some things. And so that's interesting because the man asks the response when, when Jacob says, I'm not letting go to you. Bless me. In verse 27, the man asks, he says this, then what's your name? And that's interesting. The angel then says, what's your name? The, the angel knew his name. But, but what I find very interesting, he responds obviously with his name. My name's Jacob, he answered. And I think it's important to note that I believe what the, what the angel was saying, what Jesus was saying, what God was saying is, tell me about you. Tell me about your life. You're holding on to me so tightly right now. You're so wrestling and not going to let go right now. What's going on in you? And I, and I believe he knew what was happening, but I believe it was important for Jacob to kind of express that. And almost as as if to say, what's in your past, what what are the things that, that made you so desperate today? What are the things that you don't want to carry any longer? What, what has people said to you? What what are the things that maybe you've done that you, you regret? Where, Where have you been? Where have you gone? What are people saying about you? What's your name? Jacob in the Old Testament, his name means, literally means, or figuratively, figuratively means in the Old Testament, heel grabber. I mean, that's why they named him that he was holding on. But what his name means is trickster and deceiver. Who would name their child trickster and deceiver? But it really, in the Old Testament, means heel grabber. As if to say, I'm pulling somebody else down so I can get ahead, that wrestling to get to that place. And so it literally means, however, trickster and deceiver. That's who I am. As if Jacob Jacob said, this is all you got to work with. I have a past. I struggle with stuff. I mean, my name in and of itself, deceiver. I mean, those are the things that identify me. And it was almost as if God said, no, that's not who you are. That's not how I see you. Because then Jacob turned around and and he asked him, "Uh, well, what's your name? And uh, and he said this, he goes, please tell me your name. But he, he replied, God replied, why do you ask my name? And then he blessed him there. I was almost to say, it doesn't matter what my name is. You just need to trust me. You're obviously wrestling or holding on to me for a reason. And I have the ability to change your life and change things. In fact, I'm going to change it right now. It doesn't matter where you've come from, who you are, what you've done, what you've been labeled with and understand that his name, Jacob was given to him when he was small and they end up living into his name. It doesn't matter what other people had. He didn't have any part of that. It doesn't matter what other people labeled you. He said this, he goes, He goes. I can change everything right now in this moment. This encounter with me, everything can change. And I think it's important to note that in our own lives, wherever we've come from, wherever we've been labeled with, whatever we've experienced in life, we need an encounter with God. We need to get to the one who doesn't care about those things because he sees us through a different lens. But here's the thing when Jacob asked, he goes, well, almost as if to God, well, who are you and how are you gonna change this? See, I, I love the response of the angel. He said, it doesn't matter. And it doesn't matter, just get to God because if you're trying to wait to see, is it really you, God? Can you really change my life? If you're questioning or doubting those things, you won't even keep working through the obstacles to get to that meeting place with him. And then as if to say, well, how are you gonna fix this? Because I wanna wait and see how you're gonna answer this or fix this before I decide I wanna do this or not. Can I just tell you, all you need to do is to get to a place that you have an encounter with God and then let him be God. Let him do what he wants to do in your heart and your life. I mean, Jesus told his disciples, despite what's happened up to this point, Peter, despite what you did, your denial, everything, I'm gonna meet you there. In fact, I told you before we walked through this, I was gonna be there for you on the other side. We just got to know he's there for us. We can't let any obstacles get in our way. You don't have to be that person that has to understand everything or how are you going to fix this or change this, God. But you just need to press on and get to that place of a face-to-face encounter. Because then he tells him, he goes, you're no longer named that. He changed his name. The Bible says he changed his name to Israel, which means wrestling with God or wrestled with God. And that doesn't mean in a, in a, in a contentious kind of way, contending, it does in a sense. But it's like, I, 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 want, I wanted a blessing, I wasn't going to let go until I got a blessing from you, God. So in that moment, that face-to-face connect, just like he looked at Jacob and he said, no longer is your name deceiver. Your name's no longer a trickster. Because we've had this encounter now and because of how I see you differently and because of who I am, I'm changing everything. I'm changing your identity. I'm changing your name. You're no longer Jacob, trickster, deceiver. You're Israel, the one who wouldn't let go, the one who refused to give up with God, that held on. Your name today, I would say it this way, that face-to-face encounter with God, when you grab a hold of him and don't let go, he'll change everything about you. Your name will no longer be trickster, deceiver, no longer be, be liar, heel grabber, cheater, adulterer, pornographer, addict, no longer depressed, no longer broken. See, when you have a face-to-face encounter with God, when, when you're so uh, intent on holding on to him and not letting anything get in my way, not not letting any obstacles stop me, no roadblocks. I'm going to go there. I'm on my way. Nothing's going to stop me from getting there because I'm so desperate. I want to get with God and I'm not going to let go of him. No matter what's happening in my life, God does something amazing that only he can do. He can change the circumstance. He can change who you are, how you see yourself, how other people see you. Your life can actually change. It says in verse 28, guys, if we can go back to the story, I know I kind of jumped ahead a little bit. Verse 28 says, this. then the man said, you'll no longer be Jacob. It'll be Israel. And listen to this next phrase. He says, because you have struggled with God and with humans and overcome. Here's the key right here. The changing of the name, the connecting, it became, how, how did he work this out from being who he was to who God intended him to be? Was he wrestled with God. Now here's the part of this, that, that's the part of it that typically we neglect. Most of us just wrestle with the humans, right? we wrestle with the people that label us that we wrestle with the people that try and see us differently than who we really are who God sees us to be or created us to be but listen we need to come to that place of holding on to God and so many of us we're looking if if people are labeling us a certain way we look to them to change the label we want to try and prove them wrong can I tell you we waste and expend so much energy on people that can't even change our future our destiny that we need to contend with God. We need to get in there and grab a hold of God and with those people. But most of the time, and then out of that, we respond to the people. But most of us just leave that struggle with God or wrestle with God or contend with him part out. And I think it's important for us to know, but he says, because you've struggled with me, you haven't let go. You kept coming and kept coming that I had to do something beyond the norm so I could get away from you in a sense because you kept coming. I'm changing your life. I think it's important for us to note that because again, so many of us just focus more on the people around about us or our circumstances. But the first thing we need to do is go and grab a hold of God and have an encounter with him. And it goes on to say this, guys, if we can finish it out, you can put 29 up there. Uh, we just go back to 29. 29 again says, and we'll finish it with verse 30 says, um, please tell me your name, Jacob answered. But he replied, why do you ask my name? You don't need to know who I am, why, what? You just gotta trust me. And then he blessed him there. The blessing came out of that moment. Verse 30 says, so Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, it is because I saw God face to face. Now listen to that. Jacob says, everything has changed from Jacob to Israel now. Why? Why did it change? Because you were desperate? Why did it change? Because you cried out to him because you fasted 40 days and 40 nights. Why did it change? Because you were in church every Sunday. Why did it change? Because you gave online. Why did it change? Because you showed up at this? No, it changed because you saw him face to face. It changed because you wouldn't let anything get in your way. It changed because you wrestled with God. You contended with him and wouldn't let any obstacle get in your way to hold on to not let go. And in that moment, that encounter with God, everything changed because you had a face-to-face moment with him and that's what God desperately wants with you. A face-to-face moment where everything changes. You know, the truth is that many of us are wrestling between who we've become and who we're supposed to be. Because the reality is for a lot of us, what we're struggling with is, as we're not who we ever thought. It's not the way we thought it would be. I'm not the person I thought. This is not what I thought life would be like. And we're wrestling with that, what we've become today, wrestling with what we feel God intended for you and I. We're not walking in that. We're not experiencing it. And we struggle with, I never thought it'd be like this. I, I thought or I knew it would be different. I really thought things would be different. And I don't know if that's what you've ever said or not, but I think most of us have felt and experienced that. And you still maybe feel that to some, but the resurrection gives us a fresh start. I want to encourage you in that. And I'm not there yet, I'm, but I'm on my way. I'm on my way to getting to that face-to-face connect. And it's not going to be easy and there'll be obstacles. Let's take a few, look at, look at a few roadblocks and that wrestling with who we've become to who God's intended for us to be. As Jesus says, I'm gonna meet you there and we're on our way to that face-to-face encounter, but roadblocks are thrown up in front of us to deter us, discourage us. Number one, we gotta deal with our past. Number one, roadblock, deal with your past. I believe there are lots of us that are discouraged because of our past. I can't believe I did that. I can't believe that happened to me. I can't believe I made that decision. I could have gone this way and I went that way. I cannot believe that things turned out the way they turned out. And, and so much energy is spent thinking how we got to where we are instead of thinking how we can get to where we need to be or where God wants us to be. I don't know about you, but have you ever been driving one time and you intended to go to one place and you took a wrong turn and you ended up at another place? And all of a sudden you're like, how did I get here? And you wanna go back and try and retrace your steps and see what you've done wrong. Can I tell you at that point in time, it does not matter. What matters is how are you gonna get from there to where you should be? I remember one time I was headed to the coast with my family and of course we live here in New Braunfels just north of San Antonio going down San Antonio and on I-35 and then there's that Right in the kind of getting downtown, there's that 37 cutoff, you you know, and the traffic was busy and I wasn't paying attention as much as I should. I was probably talking or, or listening to music or something. And all of a sudden uh, I find myself staying on 35 and not getting the 37 cutoff. And it was a while longer on the other side of San Antonio. I realized when I saw the sign to Laredo, like 30 miles away, I realized I was headed to the border, not the beach. And I thought, how in the world did I get here? And then my whole mind of trying to retrace, I, did I miss that, that turn off there? And I should have saw that sign and this and that. I was on 35 and I should have been on 37. I was headed to the border, not the beach. And so much time and energy is wasted on how did we get here instead of, you know what? Well, how do I get from the border to the beach then? And I think that's life for you and I. We have to get past our past. However you got to that place, God's not concerned. How are you gonna get to him now? Wherever you, whatever it took on the decisions you've made to get to that point, let the past be the past. It's just a roadblock. You can't, you can't go forward and, and, and driving and to get to your destination, be on your way by, by looking in the rearview mirror. You'll never get there. And if you found that you've taken wrong turns here and there, don't got, go back and try and undo or retrace or figure it out. Just start from where you are. Start from where you are and then figure out how to get from where you are now to where He wants you to be. It doesn't matter. Because so much time and energy is wasted on things that really are in the past instead of living forward into our future. So you can't go back and change where you started, but you can start where you are and change where you end. You can't go back and change where you started, but you can start where you are and change where you end. Deuteronomy 4.29 says this. I love this scripture. It says this, but if from there you seek the Lord. Now listen to that phrase, if from there. And now we need to hold on to this scripture. I mean, write this scripture down and hold on to it. If from there you seek the Lord. If from where you are right now, if from there in your living room, if from there in your bedroom, if from there in your car, however you got there, you got there. But if from there, despite the decisions, but if from there you seek the Lord your God, you'll find him if you seek him with all your heart and all your soul. I love that. I don't know how you got where you got. I don't know how sometimes I get where I get, but if from there you'll seek God, you'll find him. I don't know what your past looks like, but if from there where you are right now, you can find God. And I love that. But if from there, it doesn't matter. It doesn't even ask you, well, how'd you get there? How'd you get there? How did that happen? The Bible's not even asking that. It says, if from there where you are right now, if you'll seek God, that you'll find him. But you gotta seek him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Basically, you gotta go all in. From where you are today, go all in. Wrestle or contend with God and hold on to him. Have a face-to-face encounter with him. From there, right wherever you are. But first I got to undo this. No, no, no. From right where you are right now. I love that. Where you are right now. I know you have a past, but from there, right now, this day forward, you can seek God. Isaiah 43, 18 through 19 says this. Forget the former things. Don't dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing now. It springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the desert. It doesn't matter how it was. But if from there you'll start and seek him, God will do a new thing. He's doing a new thing. He'll do, he'll do things in your life. God has provided a way for you to get from the border to the beach. Doesn't matter how you got to the border, but if from there you'll seek him first, he'll get you to the beach. You know, number two roadblock dealing with our secrets. We have to deal with our secrets. You know, that's what Jacob was doing. He was trying to deal with some things. He was dealing with kind of going back how he got to that point. And now he's trying to deal with some secrets. And Jacob had a label. He started living. He started living it. He was given that as a kid. It was a name given to him. And he started living that out. And he wasn't the oldest, but he wanted the blessing of the oldest. You know, Esau was the oldest and the oldest in those days got the blessing. And it wasn't a bad thing. Like the the younger ones would go without. And, And Jacob had this mindset. I want to get mine. I want to get mine. I want to get mine. But the way it was set up that way is because God always intended that if if the father wasn't there any longer, the oldest would provide for the family. It wasn't that the oldest got stuff that the others didn't. He just had the responsibility then to provide for everybody. But but Jacob thought Esau was gonna get all the blessing and he was gonna get nothing and he was contending and wrestling for it. So, Jacob was trying to get his brother's blessing. He tricked his brother. Well, basically, his brother was really hungry and he basically bought the blessing for the food. He wasn't so sure his father, Isaac, though, was going to be okay with it. But Isaac was kind of old, had become old and couldn't really see well, kind of lost his sight. And so the Bible says that Esau came and Jacob got uh, for the food, got Jacob's, uh, Esau's blessing. Now he had to get it from the dad. And so the Bible said he tricked his dad. He put, because we said earlier, Esau was born so hairy, he, Jacob was not. He had to put all this fur, animal fur on his arm. So when he went to get his father's blessing, his father reached out his arm and felt that it was so hairy like Esau's. And so he gave him his blessing. But can I tell you, even though he had the blessing, it didn't mean that he had rest or peace. He still had to wrestle with his life because he didn't get it. He didn't get it the right way. And some of us... Uh, some of us live that way. We, we, we live portraying a picture that we think is going to bring us something, but it won't. We, we live trying to portray ourselves in a way and think it'll stop the wrestling, think it, it's the way we need to be. It'll help us manage or navigate that, and it won't. Because it wasn't Jacob necessarily that got the blessing. It was the pretender that got the blessing. I mean, it was. It wasn't really him, though. And so we still had to wrestle with it. We need to understand God cannot bless who we pretend to be. Because God sees right through our masks. He sees right through all the things that we try and cover up with. And God cannot bless who we pretend to be. He knows every part about you and still he wants you. But we have to be honest. We can't have those secrets, if you will. Proverbs twenty-eight thirteen says this. Let's take a look. Whoever conceals their sins does not prosper. So it doesn't help you. The tricks and all that doesn't, doesn't give you the blessing that you need. And you may, in a sense, get a blessing, but you're not blessed by it. But the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. It's not keeping the secrets. It's being honest and transparent that gives us that that blessing or helps us manage the wrestling, if you will. Even if you prosper, you'll never prosper if you don't get it the right way. So we need to take off the mask. King David uh, said this in Psalms and he had some things that he had happened and secrets in his life and in Psalms 32, verse three through five, he says this. When I refused, when I refused to confess my sin, my body wasted away. I had no peace. I groaned all day long. I wrestled every day. Day and night, your hand of discipline was heavy on me. My strength evaporated like water in summer heat. And it goes on to say this, verse five. Finally. Finally, I confess all my sins, my secrets, and stop trying to hide my guilt. I said to myself, I'll confess my rebellion to to the Lord and you forgave me. All my guilt is gone. I don't have to wrestle with that anymore. See, if you're hiding those secrets, those things, you're resting. You can be resting, but you're not resting. You're not getting that rest or that peace on the inside. God forgives, we saw there. God forgives and removes. I think it's important for us to know. And then the third roadblock is this, number three. Dealing with God, so we deal with, uh, you know, we the, the things that we talked about. I, I just forgot what we're dealing with right now. We're dealing with, uh, dealing with our past. There we go. Dealing with our past. We're dealing with our secrets, and honestly, we're dealing with God. And I don't mean that in a negative way, but you can't get away from that place of holding on or wrestling with God. Jacob tried everything. He's trying to get the right, uh, the right wife. He tried to get the right marriage, if you will. He tried to get the right herds, uh, the right things around him, the right people around him. He tried to live with Esau. He tried not to live with Esau. He tried to give Esau stuff, tried to take stuff from Esau. He tried everything and he still had to come back to God because it only comes from God. You can try anything and everything you want and you'll still have to come right back to God to settle the wrestling within you. And I don't want to say this and be ugly with it, but go ahead and try, and honestly, most of us have already tried. Most of us have spent a lifetime, perhaps, of that wrestling with other things, but you't you have to get back to God. Hebrews 3: seven through 11, New Living Translation says this: That's what, why, That is why the Holy Spirit says, "Today, when you hear His voice, listen to this, don't harden your hearts. I want to encourage you today. I, however this lands on you, don't harden your hearts. It says, as Israel did when they rebelled and when they tested me in the wilderness. There your ancestors tested and tried my patience. And even though they saw my miracles for 40 years. Verse 10, so I was angry with them. And I said, I said their hearts always turn away from me. They refuse to do what I tell them. Verse 11 says, so in my anger, listen to this, I took an oath. God says, I took an oath. They will never enter my place of rest. Interesting that you still need to come to God and not harden your heart but humble yourself. They will never enter rest. They will have conflict. They will not have peace for their soul. So what do we do? And I'm gonna close with these two thoughts. Jacob always had a solution. He was always trying to work things out. But in that moment, he left everything, sent everything ahead, spent time. He was gonna meet with God. And I wanna encourage you, if you haven't or had those moments, you need to find some time to meet with God, a face-to-face encounter so if you want God to move in your life, it comes this way. Let me say this, brokenness before breakthrough. You have to come to that place to surrender. You have to come to that place that you're willing to say, with God, without you, I can't do this. I'm tired. I'm done. I give up. I can't do it. I'm sorry. I repent. What a powerful thing repentance is. It's not a bad thing. It's a powerful thing to turn from that way. I'm turning around. Psalms 51, 17 says this my sacrifice. And listen, speaking out of brokenness, my sacrifice of God is a broken spirit. What a place to come in that moment of just brokenness that I can't do this without you, God, and just worship him. My sacrifice. Oh God is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. You, uh, You, God will not despise when you get to that place of just brokenness, where you just give up and surrender. That's a place God just welcomes you and loves you that's the best kind of worship. He's not looking for perfection. He's looking for honesty. He wants you to say, I can't do it without you. 1 Peter 5, 5-6 through six says this. In the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders. Now, I didn't really need that, but I wanted to throw that out there so all you parents can give me a big shout out for that. I'll read it again. In the same way, all who are younger, submit to your elders. Here's what I wanted to say. All of you, clothe yourselves with humility towards one another because God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Humble yourselves therefore under God's God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. He will lift you up when you humble yourself. Humble yourself before God. The secret is humility. Brokenness before breakthrough. God responds when you give up control to him. So you need to then also give your whole life to God. Go all in. Go all in. Just don't let it be through a gathering. Don't let it be through an online experience. Go all in. Log on every week. Be consistent in our online experiences. Get on board with all the, the things that we're doing through social media and the words of encouragement every day. Get on board. Get, on an on, get in an online group. And when we meet together again, get together again. Go all in on your giving. Go all in on your serving. Go all in. Don't hold back. If you want God's best, go all in. We want His best, so we're all in. Mark eight thirty four, message paraphrase says this. Jesus was calling the crowd to join his disciples. Listen, he's calling the crowd to join his disciples. And he said, anyone who intends to come with me has to let me lead. You're not in the driver's seat, I am. And you know, he's calling to a crowd, but very few people came forward to be his disciples. Listen, we have a lot of people, a lot of people online with us today, a lot of people that call this place home, but we're not trying to build a crowd. We're not trying to build a huge online following. We're trying to build disciples people who are all in for him that will let him take the wheel, let him take the lead. I just wanna encourage you as we close, go all in, go all in, be a disciple, be a follower. He's got so many great things for you. Go all in with with your time online with us and all the other experiences that are provided for you. Go all in with your giving, go all in prayer and fasting and time in the word. Join us every time that we are available and when we get back together. If you let him lead and you won't be in the driver's seat, You'll see a difference. Meet with him and go all in. He wants to meet you there. And I just hope we're all on our way. And there'll be obstacles in the way for sure. But God is a good and faithful God. So press in. Press into him. My heart, my hope in that passage of scripture today was just to let you know that there's nothing like an encounter with God. A face-to-face moment. Or maybe you put yourself in a position that you're all alone. And you just humble yourself before him. And maybe it's right now, as you gather your family around, can I tell you, that would be a powerful moment as you gather your family with you or whoever's with you and say, right here, we're kind of alone, it's just us. We're not a big group of people right now. And humble yourselves, come to that place of, God, we desperately want you as a family, as a marriage, hold hands maybe and say, we want you, God, we desperately want you right now. Humble yourselves before him. Maybe you gotta repent as a person, as a family. Maybe just, God, forgive us. But right now we are desperate for you and we're gonna hold on to you and not let go. And we're gonna go all in, we're going all in. We're making a commitment today to God to go all in no matter what, no matter what happens, no matter what we're experiencing, Father God. We're going all in. We're letting you drive. We're going all in with you. I don't know what that looks like where you are with your family, maybe some friends, but now is your moment. That moment that that you're maybe wrestling with God You're holding on and you're saying, no, I got, I'm not letting go. No matter what, I'm not letting go. Maybe right now you would say, we are not letting you go till you bless this family. We're not letting you go till you bless this marriage. We're not letting you go till you bless our kids. We're not letting you go till you bless our home and hold on to him. I want to pray for you, especially those who maybe don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior. Maybe you can't remember a moment in time that you personally invited him in to be the Lord of your life, though today's your day right where you are. How great is that to do that in your home? Can I tell you, that is, a, that is a powerful altar experience that if you're in your living room or your bedroom, you'll always remember that place this is where we gave our life to Jesus or this is where we came back and rededicated with him. And at times that the challenges the storms are difficult, you can go back to that place. And right here is where we prayed this prayer to receive Jesus as Savior and Lord. We did it as a family. We invited him into our marriage. We invited him into our family. We invited him into our home and we are not gonna let go of God. So I'm going to ask you to do this with me. I'm going to pray a prayer and you can pray it with me. You can repeat it. You can just own it in your heart. You can pray it quietly, silently. I would say, pray it as a family. And I'd say, parents, if you're all together or whoever, ask the others in the room, anybody, ask the others in the room, have you received Jesus? Have you received Jesus? And then pray this prayer with me. And maybe you would say today that you already have prayed that prayer, but maybe you've kind of gotten away from the things of God. I want to encourage you then, come back. Come back again. Get things back on track. Get things set in the right order in your home, in your lives, in your family. Put in first place now. We might say rededicate, recommit, do it all together. I think that's amazing. And so I'm gonna pray, as I said this prayer, you can repeat it after me or you can just own it in your heart, however you wanna do that in your home. But let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I believe Jesus is your son. I believe you sent him to this earth to die on a cross, to pay for our sin. And then go to a grave and rise again. Jesus, thank you for coming. Thank you for dying. Thank you for paying for my sin. And thank you for rising again so I can be free. So Jesus, I ask you now. Come into our hearts. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. Be my Savior and Lord. Now and forever. I receive you now. we receive you now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen, everybody. Hey, all heaven is celebrating and rejoicing for the decisions you've made. And I just want to say we are too, because we're praying for you and your families. And I think it's amazing that as a family, you can do this together. You can all give your lives at the same time, or let me say this to the parents or or the adults or whatever, help lead the others in this. Set the example for, make sure your whole family is saved and on track with following God what a great opportunity what a great moment for all of you hey we want to hear about it let us know you can, you can send us hey we said yes to Jesus you can go online and fill out that card or you can just send us a text or an email or however you want to do that there's a ton of ways that you can communicate that with us but we want to let you know what's next we have so many wonderful opportunities for you then to grow that relationship and, and, and the salvation experience is amazing and stuff but that's just the beginning. God has so much more for you. We want to let you know what it is. We want to let you know that we love you and we're praying for you all the time. And we're all going to get through this. We're all going to get through this together. Keep coming online with us, online experiences. for this to everybody that you know, especially for those who are far from God or aren't walking with them or are really hurting and need some help and some hope. You can be the one that helps them get to know Jesus just by forwarding stuff to them. Don't forget all the opportunities to jump online with us. But never forget that we love you. We're here for you, and we're praying for you. We are believing God's very, very best. We're all in this together, and God is a good and faithful God, and we love you. God bless you. We'll see you soon. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church